As we all know, we're doing a series called Her, and I decided to do my message on Ruth, because Ruth is literally the bomb.com, okay? And I don't want any of the guys in here, can I say hey, can you guys go hey, hey, hey guys, okay? I do not want you to check like check out, okay? Because God has a word even in the series of her because the Bible says that God will pour out her spirit on men and women, okay? So this is a word for you too. Oh, praise the Lord. I was able to sign in. Okay, God is good. I'm going to pray. Dear God, I just thank you for every person that you have brought here tonight, Lord, that they are not here by accident, but that you have caused them to be here on purpose. That God, whatever you want to speak into their life and into their heart, I pray that you use me, that I'll be humble, Lord, and submit to your word. We just thank you. We give you all the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. You guys ever go to like Walmart or Target? All the basic white girls say, hey. And like you go to the register person and you ask them how they're doing. And instead of lying like the rest of us, they actually get real. And we're like, oh, snap. Like, we're doing this. Okay. But if I'm real honest with you, I like people like this. They for sure keep me on my toes, but they're real. They're not trying to put a glossy filter over their life. They're not trying to make their life to be something that it actually isn't. And this is why I love the story of Ruth, okay? Ruth ain't no Disney princess, okay? Her story does not start off in a palace. It actually starts off really real. In just the first few verses, we find out that Ruth's life is a little bit like a train wreck, okay? And if she was on Instagram, she'd be a little MIA for a while because no matter how many filters she would use, it would not cover up this train wreck of a life. So let me catch you up. And breathe and take a drink of water. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna leave that right there. I honestly, I hate awkward silences. Like, I want an a cappella group to like follow me everywhere. So, whenever I like pause, people will be singing. I would sing in the mic, but you would die. <laughs> okay, so there's this name, this man named Alemolek, Alemolek. Alimelech, Alimelech. Um, I don't know his name. We're going to call him Alimelech, and I'm going to say it with confidence, like that's really his name, okay? And he lived in Bethlehem, and there was a famine where he lived, okay? So that means there's no food. And so Alimelech takes his wife Naomi and their two sons, who also have hard names. So I'm just going to tell you their English version of their name. So it was in Hebrew, but it actually meant sick and dying. So Elimelech took his sons, sick and dying, and Naomi, and they went to Moab, okay? So far, so good. They just moved, right? No big deal. Okay, wrong. Okay, so Moab wasn't, wasn't um, the place to be. Okay, see, these were Christian people who were moving to a place where they worshipped false gods. And this city actually was born out of sin. And I'm not going to get into all that. You guys can do your own research, but it's like, like okay. Um, so they move. And some of you guys think, like, downtown Peoria is kind of scary. You're like, I don't really want to go to Underground because it's, like, Wednesday night. It's a little sketchy downtown. Okay, Moab. Like, downtown Peoria ain't got nothing to Moab. Okay, Moab was, like, the straight ghetto. Okay, so they move 
to the ghetto, okay? And they're foreigners in the land. And foreigners at the time were not treated well. Okay, here when we hear someone with like a British or Australian accent, we're like, oh my gosh, keep talking. Like, I love your accent. You're so amazing. Where are you from, right? Okay, foreigners at this time was like, no. <laughs> like, leave our land. We don't want you. Okay, so tragedy. They had to move. There was a famine. And then, bam, Elimelech dies. Okay? Sad. And then, the two sons marry Moabite women, which was also a no-go. Because these women served multiple gods, and they believed in one true God. So, we're just getting a mess here, okay? It's just, it's getting messy. And then, just when you think things can't get any worse, sick and dying... Go ahead and get sick and die. Okay? Like, these two boys, they done for. They gone. They dead. So whatever, like, sad movie is, like, really sad to you, I want you guys to think about that and then times it by three. Okay? Like, five feet apart. Literally. Where the red fern grows. Marley and me. Okay? Fault in our stars. Anybody. Okay? Okay, and then I want you to times that by three. And this was Ruth's life. Okay, it wasn't just a fake story that you went and, like, cried at a movie theater and went through a whole box of Kleenexes. This was, like, legit her story. So after this happens, Naomi hears it's harvest time in Bethlehem, okay, which means the famine is lifted, there's about to be food, and Naomi's like, okay, girls, like, let's go. We're leaving, okay? (laughs) Leaving the bad all the way over here, okay? And she takes her two daughters-in-law, and they hit the road. Ruth 1-7. It says, with her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. And the first thing I want you to think about tonight is you are on a road to somewhere, but where is it leading you? See, Orpah and Ruth, which were the daughters-in-law, These girls were heartbroken, but they were headed in the right direction. And I want to tell you tonight, even if you're heartbroken, you can still head in the right direction. But as they were on this journey home, Naomi got thinking. She's like, I don't have sons. I don't have a husband. I can't provide for these women. Do you ever do that? Where like you volunteer for something and then you realize all of a sudden it was a mistake. Like a teacher at school is like, hey, can someone volunteer to read? And you're like, I'll try to be the teacher's pet. And you like raise your hand and then you go to the passage that they want you to read and you look at the first word and you're like, what is that? Like, I don't even know how to read. Like, why would I volunteer? Okay, this is where Naomi was at. She didn't know how she was going to provide for Orpah and Ruth. See, she had no way to feed them. She had no way to shelter them and she had no way to take care of them. At this time, women didn't have an education, and they didn't have jobs. So they relied on their family or men to take care of them and to provide for them. And there was no men in this household, which meant there was no provision. And because of this, Naomi told them, return home. She's like, I got nothing for you. But listen to me. On your journey with Jesus, you will always have a choice to return to your old life. Most of us here went to Abandon, and it was great, right? It was amazing. You guys did awesome. Okay. Um, And we gave Jesus everything, and we chose in our heart to walk away from our sin and chase Jesus wholeheartedly. And that is great, but it's much easier to make that decision than it is to actually live it out. And a day will come when your old life 
and your old habits and your old way of doing things will try to come back. And I'm speaking from experience. It'll invite us to pick up what we already laid at the foot of the cross. And why did we lay that stuff at the foot of the cross? Because when Jesus hung on the cross, he had a crown of thorns, and his back was beaten with a whip, and his side was pierced, and when he was hanging there, blood was dripping down, okay? And whatever you lay at the foot of the cross, Jesus' blood is dripped on that, and that means that that thing is now covered in the blood of the Lamb, that your sins have now been covered by the blood of your Savior, and it has no power over you anymore. See, we will always have a choice to turn back to the familiar. We will always have a choice to go back the way we came. And it might make sense too, okay? The men in Ruth, they were the provider for their homes. And Naomi didn't have a man to provide for her. No one could take care of Ruth and Orpah, and it made sense for them just to go home and return to their family so that they could be provided for And this meant that if Ruth actually went with Naomi, she would have to be the provider of, for Naomi. If Ruth went with Naomi, she would have to be the provider. And this was not common, okay? But sometimes where God is calling us to, it doesn't make sense. It may be exact opposite of what culture is telling us. It may be the exact opposite of what everyone is doing around us today. See, the people around you may question you. They may be like, oh, why don't you say the things you used to say? Like, why don't you do the things you used to do? But we know God is calling us to leave behind the familiar of what we've always known and to move forward in faith. And I just want to share a little bit of my testimony, and I want to tell you guys what my familiar was. So most of you guys think, well, a lot of people that I've talked to, they think that I was just this, like, sheltered Christian child, which makes sense because I act very sheltered. Um, (laughs) And I don't know a lot of things. Okay, anyways. But, actually, and I just want to do a little disclaimer. I love my family. Okay? The Lord has blessed me with a great family. They're hilarious. I have never laughed, like, ever as much as when I'm with my family. They're the biz. Okay? But, they were very broken. And I watched how my dad's family drank. Okay? alcoholism and it carried on down into my dad and then it carried on down into my brother and I oftentimes would wake up hearing them fighting because they were so drunk and they were just broken and I oftentimes would see my brother come home late at night after being at a party or it had to be woken up in the middle of the night on a school night to go get my brother because he just got jumped And I would see my sister cry all the time because she went into one unhealthy relationship after another, after another. And I watched the brokenness of my family. You see, Jesus says, I place before you life and death. Choose life. And I love that because the answer is in it, right? Like I hate trying to figure out the answer. And Jesus already gave it to us. He says, choose life. And that's how my life felt. And I had my mom, which I'm so thankful for. And honestly, I just want to, like, take a moment and honor you. And I'm about to cry. I'm not crying. You're crying. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, I love you. And I thank you for speaking into me all the time, even when I didn't want to hear it. And I was a stubborn junior high person. And I thank you because this is the fruit of your labor. Every word you spoke over me, every word that was God, has taken root in my heart. And now I'm up here because of you. And I want to 
encourage any leader, any brother, any sister, any parent in here, continue to speak the word of God into people's lives because it will change them. That the Bible does, the word of God does not return void. Okay, so do not grow weary of doing good because you will see the fruit of your labor. But I had my mom in my life, and I'm thankful for that, and she showed me Jesus. And there came a point in my, in my life where I was able to choose, am I going to follow God, or am I going to follow the pattern that I've always seen? Because I started getting invited to parties from the popular boys in school, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, you're cute. Hey. See, it's never tempting when it's like something you don't care about. Okay, but the Bible says that the devil comes to us as an angel in light. He knows what we like. Okay, so when it's a popular boy, you're like, that party looks fun. But I love Bianca Oltoff. If you don't know her, look her up. She says he may be hot, but so is hell. Okay, so if he ain't not a Jesus follower, say boy, bye. Okay, but I started getting invited to these parties. I started getting people signing into my DMs, want more than just my number. Okay, I started getting these opportunities. People be like, hey, just sneak out of your house and hang out with us. And I was like, what? Um, (laughs) So I started having these opportunities where I could repeat the same pattern, where I could go to parties and I could get drunk and I could get wasted and I would just follow into this brokenness that I've always seen. Or I could choose life, which was harder because I felt like at the time no one around me was doing that. It felt like no one around me was choosing Jesus But I chose him. And I have not done it perfectly. Okay, guys? I can tell you story after story of the messes I have made. But I can tell you story after story of the faithfulness of God. That every single time I have fallen down, God has picked me back up. He's dusted me off. And he's like, you ain't done, baby girl. Keep going. Okay? And then I mess up again. And he says, "Uh uh-uh, you ain't done. Keep going. Because God hasn't called us to live a perfect life. He says, Follow me. He asks us to do life with him, not without him. Okay? He says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. It is his job to change us. It is our job to be obedient and follow. See, we all have a choice. And I just want to, like, do a little side note here because I was praying earlier, and I really felt like God wanted me to address this. I feel like some of you here went to abandon, and you laid something down, and you gave it to Jesus But Monday hit or Tuesday hit, Wednesday, whatever, and you already fell back into that sin and you think, oh, I'm done for, that this is already over. I wasted that weekend. Let me tell you, you did not waste that weekend. That weekend was not a waste. God still did something to you that weekend. God did still speak to you that weekend. God is not done with you, okay? You may have stumbled or you may have fallen, but you know what? God will pick you right back up and he'll set you on the path that he's predestined for you. He ain't done, okay? Your mess, oh, it'll turn into a message. Jesus loves messes. So, I want you to know that, that if you laid something down and you feel like you picked it back up, bondage is not your name. Freedom is. So, We all have a choice. Orpah had a choice. I want to say Oprah, like girl, hey girl. Um, She had a choice. Orpah was on the road to new life, but she turned back. She was unwilling to walk away from her old life because it meant paying the price of leaving the familiar behind. It meant she would have to leave the comfort of what she knew to take hold of something new. See, to pioneer something new means we have to abandon the ways of old and tread a new path. 
It costs you something. It costs you everything you know. But it doesn't just pave a way for you. It pays a way for everyone to come after you. And sometimes when you're doing what God has asked you to do, there will, people, there will be people who will not go with you. Orpah left Naomi and Ruth. Ruth 1, 14 through 15, it says, And again they wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, Your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth knows God does not call us to do the same thing that everyone else is doing. And listen to her reply. She's so gangster, okay? Ruth 1.16, it says, But Ruth replied, Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. What is she saying? She's saying, I am willing to leave my life behind, life as I know it, and I'm willing to follow you. And when I learned this, I had to do an honest evaluation in my own life. Jesus, am I willing to leave behind what I know to follow you? Am I willing to lay down the things that I say and my desire to wholeheartedly pursue all that you have for me? And sometimes I am. We can like abandon absolutely, right? Tears flowing, snot flying, hands raised. Jesus, you can have it all, right? Right? It's so easy on weekends like that. But Monday hits. And I don't want to lay down my desire. And I stare at it, and I look at it, and I reason with it, and I think, oh no, like that word wasn't for me, it was for that girl over there, she's messed up, she cried, but me, no. Jesus would never ask me to lay this down. And then we go back to it, and we pick it up, and we take hold of the thing that had us in bondage. And this is what the Israelites did. See, the Israelites were people who were slaves in Egypt. Okay, I'm not talking minimum wage workers. I'm talking actual slaves. All minimum wage workers, anybody else there know me? <laughs> Just me? Okay. Um, not here. Another job. But that doesn't matter. Okay, so. <laughs> Someone's laughing. Yes, I am. Okay, so the Israelites. They're in slavery. God leads them out of it. He parts the Red Sea. It's this amazing thing that I'm sure you all have heard about, but it's actually spectacular, okay? And so they walk out of slavery, and they're in the wilderness, and they're not in the promised land yet, but that's where they're going. And guess what they start doing? Huh? Yeah. They start complaining, and they start wishing that they were back in bondage. And they actually want to appoint a leader to take them back. Oh, we ain't doing none of that, people. Okay, let me tell you. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. We do not need to miss our bondage. We do not need to stare at that thing. Because let me tell you, when you lift your eyes off of what you put off on the foot of the cross, you will lock eyes with your Savior. And that is way better than your sin. See, God wants to draw a line between our old ways of living and the new life that we can have in him. And I love Jesus because he knew what he was doing when he was writing Ruth's story. Okay, just you wait. A map is about to pop on the screen. You see, for Ruth and Naomi to get from Moab to Judah, they would have to pass by the Dead Sea. Do you see it? Bethlehem, Judah, Moab. You see it. Dead Sea. Okay. See, the Dead Sea is so full of salt that nothing can actually live there. There's no fish, there's no nothing. That's why it's actually called the Dead Sea, because it's dead. 
And when Ruth and Naomi passed by the Dead Sea, it was like Jesus drew a distinct line in Ruth's life. Her former way of living had passed away. Her former way of living had to die so that she could live to the new life that she had in Jesus. And this is true for us today. Isaiah 43, 19, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. See, Ruth would have never been able to follow Jesus like she did had she not have left Moab. She never would have been able to take hold of all the things that God had for her if she was holding on to her past. See, I've watched my family. My mom has let go of the things of the past and she has continued to walk on with Jesus. But I have watched my siblings believe in God, but hold on to this. Yeah, I believe in God, but nope, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to this. And they're trying to have one hand in heaven and one hand in hell. And let me tell you, that's uncomfortable. And you can't move when you do that. See, Ruth didn't know what would come out of her act of obedience, but she stepped anyways. She was trusting who Jesus was and that he was going to show up and meet her. And I want an obedient heart like Ruth. A heart that trusts Jesus even when I don't have all the answers. And we're about to get to the good stuff. Okay, has anyone read the story of Ruth? No one? Yeah. Has anyone not? This is a good moment. I want you to raise your hand. Yeah, okay, just wait. Oh boy, just you wait. So Ruth gets to Judah. Bethlehem, and she gets to work. So Ruth went into the harvest field, and she was picking up stalks of grain that anyone was leaving behind, because these were these people's jobs, and she was, like, following along. She's like, oh, okay, like, I'm picking this up. Um, And she just got straight to work. And as she got busy about God's business, God got busy about Ruth's business. See, the invisible hand of God is seen throughout the whole book of Ruth. God was guiding her throughout her whole journey. Ruth 2, 3. Oh, yeah, just in way, okay. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters, and as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz. Woot, woot, okay. The relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. Okay, hold up. So Ruth just stumbled into a field of a man who was a relative of Elimelech or whatever his name is, which meant that if he was single, he could be the guy that would redeem Naomi's family. Okay, and let me tell you, Boaz was single. He was a single Pringle and ready to meet God. Okay, the Lord is good. Other translations say, and it just so happened, wink, wink, that she ended up in this field. Okay, but let me tell you something. Nothing just so happens. Everything happens for a reason, and Jesus orchestrated that moment where Ruth could be in the field with Boaz so that God can redeem her story. It's crazy how God works. And I just, I wanted to take this moment because I'm not like a relationship guru, but I am, I am going to tell you guys something. Boys, listen up. If you want to pursue a woman like Boaz did, Let me tell you, the Bible says in Genesis that when God took a rib from Adam, he had to close up his flesh. 
Okay, God has to do a work in you before you can start pursuing someone else. God's got to close up that flesh because Boaz was a protector. And if you keep reading, it actually says that he protected Ruth and ordered his servants not to harass her. Okay, and ladies, (laughs) okay, notice what Ruth did. Notice what she didn't do. Okay, she didn't go home, take selfies, post it on Instagram, be like, hey, boy, hey, can I get your attention? Uh, No, that is not what she did. She went to her field and she got to work. She started working what God had given her, and in that, God brought Boaz to her. And let me tell you, when he met her, she smelled like Boaz's nickname, Bo, as in B-O, body odor. Okay, she was working. It was like hot. There was no deodorant, but she wasn't afraid of that. Why? Because God called her to that work. And when God calls you to something, God is going to bring someone up next to you that will suit you and compliment you and be there with you, but it'll be in God's way and in his timing. You do not have to rush anything, but you can trust God. Because let me tell you, love, that, dating, everything, anything you need to know, it is in the word of God. It's not on TV. Okay? That's just some messed up, sad version of love. So for the sake of time, I'm going to tell you how the rest of the story goes because I love a happy ending. (laughs) So Ruth and Boaz end up getting married and they end up having a child. And from that family line, Jesus is born. Okay. See, Ruth didn't know that her story would be written in the Bible and that people would be inspired by her faith thousands of years to come. She didn't know from her family line that Jesus would be born. All she could do was be obedient to the call that God had for her. Ruth wasn't a Disney princess. She was a Moabite woman, okay? And there was nothing left in detail that she had this extreme utmost importance. But the beauty about Ruth is she did not have a me mentality. See, Ruth had went through a lot of heartache. She lost her husband. She lost her friend Orpah. She lost her father-in-law. And she left her home experience heartbreak. We go inward. Okay, we're like, me. I'm selfish. I hurt. Somebody help me. But that's not what Ruth did. She actually went out to provide for Naomi. She actually went out and started working the field that God had given her. All she could do was be obedient. See, the book of Ruth shows that Ruth was just ordinary. But I have found through reading the word that Jesus often uses ordinary people in his extraordinary plans, and it was by Ruth's obedience that radical world change took place. See, Jesus took notice of an ordinary girl, and he brought world change. And let me tell you, Jesus has taken notice of you tonight. You. Whoever you are. Yeah, I know you're probably sitting there, and this is what I used to always do every time I heard a message. I was like, yeah, it's for her. It's for him. Like, they're so anointed, so talented. They're gifted. Yeah, they can sing. What can I offer? Well, let me tell you, you're ordinary. God can turn and use in extraordinary ways. I'm telling you, I ain't got no gifting, okay? Like, try to, like, see me walk. I trip. I also spit when I talk. I'm sorry if you guys got a little spit on like <laughs> But God takes notice of you. And A.W. Tozer says... We can be in our day what the heroes of faith were in their day. But remember, at the time, they didn't know they were heroes. And that's Ruth. She did 
didn't know that her act of obedience was going to cause world change. She didn't know her act of obedience was going to be recorded in the Bible. She didn't know that thousands of years later, some random ordinary girl named Natalie was going to get on stage and share her message. All Ruth knew is that she needed to step. And let me tell you, you have no idea what your act of obedience can do. You see, what God is going to do in and through your life, it reaches far beyond you. The overarching theme of Ruth's story is that God is good and he will provide. And if we truly trust that God is working in our lives, that God is working for the good of those who love him, then we'll get to work. We'll go to our field. We'll invite that person to church. We'll be kind at work. We'll be a light in our school. Because we can trust that while we are about God's business, God is about ours. See, Moab represents the death of some things. Maybe the things we lay down at abandon. Maybe it's the death of dreams or the death of hopes, the death of friendships. But Jesus is inviting us to the land of provision and promise. Just like he did for Ruth, God wants to bring us out of the land of dead things and into the land of his new life. See, we no longer have to settle in the land of Moab, but we can go into the promised land that Jesus has for us. And maybe some of you are here today and you're like, I don't know what this new life is. I don't know what you're talking about when you say to leave this behind and follow after Jesus. Or maybe some of you do. Maybe some of you are like Orpha, and you're like, yeah, like I did start to follow Jesus. Like I, I did lay this stuff aside, but then I like turned back and I was like, peace out, Jesus. I want this over here. And you walked away. But I want to pray for you guys tonight. Anyone here that wants new life, that they want to leave the pattern that they have seen repeated over and over again, and you think that is your destiny? You think that you are going to be a broken person, full of broken relationships, full of broken dreams and broken hopes. Well, that's a lie. Because with Jesus, God restores everything. He gives us new hope. He gives us new desires. He gives us new dreams. And not only that, he is the one who brings it to pass. He is not trusting in your capabilities. He is trusting in his. Because with God, he can do the impossible. So I want every eye closed every head bowed, no one looking around. If there is anyone here today that would love to receive Jesus and has not yet, or you have, but you walked away, I just want you to raise your hand so that I can pray for you in my quiet time. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Anybody else? You can put your hands down. That is amazing, guys. We're going to say a prayer, and let me tell you, after you say this prayer, you will now be heaven-bound. That the chains of old, they have no power over you. They may try to latch on to you, but they ain't got no power over you. And let me tell you, as soon as you pray this prayer, all of heaven is rejoicing. So we're all going to say it together because no one is alone. Dear God, please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. And be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died on the cross and rose uh, up from the grave for me. Now come into my heart. Make it your home. Be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.